Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, welcome to our uh, podcast. It's called Bustin' Balls. I'm Pat Caputo along with Evan Jenkins, the webmaster who's been known to bust a few uh, cojones down through the years uh, in various ways. And uh, we're here to talk about the uh, 2023 NHL draft coming up Wednesday night. Uh, it's finally here. Uh, the Red Wings did uh, do the seller thing at the trade deadline. And uh, as a result, they have five picks in the top 43, including three in a row in the second round, which nobody talks about because second round picks aren't that interesting. And they got no lottery luck. Everybody knows it. Uh, they're at nine, which is kind of a precarious situation because uh, there are five or six players that are obvious that they're going to go before that. And if any of those players drop to nine, mm, the, the Red Wings will probably take one, I would think. Uh, the good news for the Red Wings is they have issues at center ice. Uh, and this draft is one of the best drafts in a long time uh, for centers. Uh, also, uh, the Red Wings have drafted a lot of defensemen under Steve Eiserman early in the draft. You got the Wallanders, Edvinson, of course, uh, Marit Sider, a uh, number of players that are going to be in the NHL uh, from those drafts. Uh, and this isn't a very good draft for defensemen. So uh, it should fit up in, in a certain way, theoretically. Um, so I got some thoughts on it. First of all, look, Connor Bedard's going to go first overall. Uh, Adam Fintelli's going to go second overall. Uh, probably third overall be a Swedish centerman that would fit the Red Wings ideally. His name's Leo Carlson, uh, but he's not going to be there. There's no way when the Red Wings draft. Uh, Will Smith uh, from the U.S. Developmental Programs, another center. Uh, small center, but very good playmaker. Uh, if he drops to the wings, I would assume they would take him, or there's something really wrong. Uh, he's going to go uh, very early. Uh, in the draft, and they're not going to be there. Another player, Deliver Daborski, uh, Swedish center, he's likely to go before the Red Wings draft. If any of those players fall to nine, there's a high probability that they will be selected by the Red Wings. So just to make that clear, uh, Matai Mitkoff uh, from Russia is uh, ranks right with Fantelli as the second best prospect in this draft. Some would say. He's in Connor Bedard's area. He's played in the KHL the last couple of years. He's top notch. But uh, there's a lot of geopolitics going on in the world. I don't know if people knew that. 
because we focus so much on drafts these time of the year, right, Evan? But no, uh, exactly. And what what is it? He he won't play over here for a few years. Is that what it is? Well, he signed in the KHL. He's playing in the KHL. It's the second best league in the world. Right. And, uh, you know, nobody's been over there to see him because they can't get in there because uh, there's a lot of problems in Russia. But, I mean, they've seen him a lot because of a lot of video. And everybody knows how great he is. He's been great for a while. Uh, But And he signed through 2025, I believe it is, or 2026, two years uh, beyond this before he can come over and help you. Uh, the Red Wings obviously have a lot of connections in Russia. Sergei Fedorov is uh, 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 still relevant over there, and particularly with this uh, young man. Um, but there's a lot of people who look at him and say, you know, he's a little bit cocky and all that. If he falls to nine, or even more importantly, falls to uh, 17, uh, there could be an issue for the Red Wings. If he drops like a stone, and the Red Wings don't do anything with their picks. And that 17th pick is what they picked up from, uh, you know, in, in, in this draft. Uh, you know, that is uh, something that could uh, happen here uh, with him. He is, uh, you know, a high-end talent. It might be worth a couple years down the road. Uh, and uh, part of it, too, is everybody's like, wow, horde draft picks. You only have 50 contracts that you can sign these guys to. And a number of Iserman's picks, the Carter Mazers, the Armadeus Lombardis, you know, some of these guys have gotten good enough now that they have to sign them. So what are they going to do with their 50 contracts and how is it all going to sort out? So you just can't draft guys all the time. Nickoff may appeal to them uh, as uh, two years down the road because if he comes in the league at that point, he's going to be ready-made. You know, uh, but again, it gets to signability. They have a lot of money over there uh, to spend on players, at least now. I mean, who knows? I mean, it is a geopolitical uh, situation, uh, literally. But, you know, that's an interesting player because he's so high, high end. Yeah, so those are the dynamics of it. Again, a lot of picks early in the draft. You know, not just uh, first rounders. They have uh, three second rounders in a row. So that is the dynamic uh, of the draft heading into it uh, for this year. Centers are very strong. Iserman has avoided taking centers to this point. He's taken size. One of the things uh, that was reported is that he went out and uh, and scouted uh, personally uh, Samuel Hanzik, who is uh, a big. Uh, winger, you know, up and down winger uh, with uh, Vancouver in the Western League, the, the Vancouver Giants. And, you know, all of a sudden his uh, draft stock has risen, you know, because Iserman saw him. So there's a lot of projection that Iserman's interested in him. He was a guy that uh, coming into the year was projected as a second rounder. Then it was maybe, you know, he has somewhat predict uh, 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 productive year and he moved up a little bit. Uh, and then he moved up a lot, so a lot of people are thinking he maybe he'd go nine in the draft. Uh, I've watched a lot of him here lately. I, I don't see it. I see it as a potential 17th pick, not a nine. But Steve Eiserman has been outside the box before, you know, particularly with the Cider pick. So it's a possible that Hanzik uh, could end up, you know, at nine overall. I just don't see it if some of these players are here. And to get to the rub of it, Evan, uh, you know, uh, first of all, anything that you're looking at, because you're my litmus test on it, 
uh, and you're wondering about this draft because I know not everybody's like, oh man, I know all about the NHL draft and these guys. Before I actually get into the guys I see for the Red Wings here. Well, my biggest question actually comes from those three straight picks in the second round. I'm going to assume a lot of people are going to think of this too. Can they not package that to go get another player up in the first round? Well, second that- round, yeah, just to give you an idea of the second round, uh, and actually it's less this year, but uh, 12 of the picks in the second round are actually picks not by the team that's picking. They got them in right. trades. They trade second and third round picks in the NHL, you know, like uh, – Heck, you know, we order beers at the bar if we're thirsty after the uh, 18th hole. Right. You know, so it's traded. I think the third round's got 16 picks that are actually traded picks for teams. So how they're going to do that, how they would package it, I don't know. I know they're not as valuable as you might think. You okay. Know, the odds of a second-round pick in the NHL are discernibly lower than they are for the first round. Now. You know, Kuznetsov was taken 56th overall by Iserman. You know, the NHL history is full of great second-round picks. A player that the Red Wings are likely going to target here, uh, you know, once the offseason begins in earnest. Uh, Alex Dabrinkit was 39th overall, a second-round pick. But as a general rule, they don't have as much value as, you know, remotely what you would have in the NFL, for example, which is the litmus test. Uh, for most uh, people uh, for drafts because it's more familiar, straightforward, and publicized. Would you – okay, so Steve Eiserman is a little bit of a, a loose cannon with the draft, meaning he's not going to stick with, like, your mock drafts that you see online, right? Is no, there Steve, any- Steve, Steve, Steve doesn't care about what I think, and he doesn't right. care about what all these mock drafts thinks. No, is there anything that would surprise you with pick number nine? Well, Hansik would surprise me. Okay. Yeah, that would surprise me at nine. He doesn't look like he's a you know top ten uh, draft pick. Uh, the kid that he actually went out and scouted. That would surprise me. That would be outside the box. Um, because I was looking this morning, just trying to do a little prep, and in one publication, Sportsnet out of Canada, had them taking Otto Stenberg a center. Yeah. And that's because they say that the Red Wings and Steve Eiserman are hard to predict. Well, I, I don't see him taking Stenberg there. Okay, uh, but I couldn't see them uh, taking a center. Okay, um, the guy that I think fits them the best uh, is a player uh, from U.S. developmental program. Uh, he has one very, very special skill, and he's a center, and that's Oliver Moore. Now, if he drops down to nine, you know, which he probably will, I'm, I'm thinking. That would be somebody that I think would fit into their mold. Uh, the reason I say Oliver Moore is he's a little younger for his draft age. Uh, I don't think he'll be 18 when they actually have the draft. And uh, Iserman looks at that. All right. He's projecting players for what they're going to be two or three years down the road. And his skating, Evan, is utterly extraordinary. I mean, it, it, utterly extraordinary. Uh, you know, he, he produced at a high level for that U.S. developmental program. He, he, he produced for the World Junior Team. Uh, he is uh, just an incredible skater. I mean, we're talking about, you know, it, 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 he's 
as fast, he's faster actually, and a better skater than Dylan Larkin. And I'm not exaggerating. And that's the player that he reminds me of is Dylan Larkin at the same age uh, when he was with the U.S. Developmental Program before he played a year at Michigan. Uh, he's from uh, Minnesota, and he's going to play college hockey at a high-level program that's equal to Michigan's at the University of Minnesota. So I could see Iserman selecting him, letting him play a year out, and then uh, seeing what happens from that point because he's a potential, uh, once he gets to college hockey, Hobie Baker finalist or that type of player, kind of next year's Fentelli. So I see him as a high-end player. Now, there's some flaws there. When you get somebody who's that great a skater, and that's the number one issue for a hockey player, how well you skate. You know, he, sometimes his skating is a disadvantage. He'll cough up the puck. He plays at a pace that's like, you know, so fast. But I, I see he's got a pretty good shot. You know, I've seen him score some goals, uh, you know, up shelf uh, over the crest of the shoulder of the goalie. I've seen him make some plays. I think he's a little bit better passer than some of the uh, pundits have said. Just watching him with the eyeball test. And I've seen him play a lot because those games are available. And, you know, I have a lot of interest in the U.S. developmental program just out of general interest. I love Oliver Moore uh, because then I love skaters, guys who can skate. You know, I mean, yeah, that is something that if you can keep pace or just – honestly, it's a track meet when he's out there. Now, so in, all, in all then, reality, too, because we talk – you know, the kid from Russia who's two years out or whatever, but – the player that they draft on Wednesday evening is still probably two or three years away from ever wearing a Red Wing sweater. Isn't that correct? So I would say one year, maybe. Two. Okay. Okay. You so know, I don't, I don't necessarily buy that. The The other player that I'm looking at here, uh, if he falls, and again, this is questionable. I think it's even more questionable than Oliver uh, Moore is uh, Ryan Leonard, uh, a winger also from the U S developmental program. High production, extraordinarily intense player. This is somebody they need grit and they need grease. Okay. The, last year, those games against Ottawa were extraordinarily exposing uh, for the Red Wings in the fact they got knocked around and had no answer for it. Uh, Ryan Leonard's not going to get knocked around. Uh, he's a winger, he's tough. Uh, he's somebody that uh, would give them that kind of a uh, a Kachuk like uh, element, and uh, he's going to play a year in college. I think it's Boston College that he's committed to, but he's a guy that, again, he goes into college hockey, has one good year under his belt. He's going to be ready for the NHL, uh, knocking on the door next year. So these guys, Evan, they've played against college competition already. Uh, they have done well. Uh, that team, you know, was very successful. They played in the World Juniors already and had success. So those are two players that uh, would be hard to pass up at that point uh, for me, those two players from the U.S. developmental program. So those are the guys I look at at nine. If they fall, that would be realistic uh, okay. for the Red Wings. And, of course, you got to put Hanzik in there simply because Eiserman scouted him personally. I'm sure he wasn't waving a thing. Hey, I'm at this game. <laughs> but uh, he was. And uh, he was spotted. Now, there's other players uh, that uh, can fall into this category again at 9 or 17. Okay. 
so I'm going to, well, any other questions on this, uh, you know, no, you answer first. them all about nine. My biggest question was how long of a, a wait are Red Wing fans going to have to wait to see this kid end up, you know, playing at LCA. Well, the other, other players that I'm going to mention here, uh, to me, you might have to wait a little longer. Okay. Uh, one of them, obviously with Hanzik, I don't see Hanzik going in and, you know, he's going to be, uh, back in junior hockey. All right. Uh, Gabe Perot is an interesting name. Uh, Yannick Perot's son, Yannick Perot, played in the NHL for a long time. And he's a small player who doesn't skate that well, which doesn't sound good, except uh, the bottom line about it is his instincts are incredible. Uh, he plays at the center ice. And he is somebody that uh, put up utterly incredible numbers. Uh, for the U.S. developmental program. Utterly incredible numbers. So, you know, unprecedented. So you got to look at that production. You got to look at the NHL bloodlines and consider him. And there's a wide swath where he may be. He may be there at nine. I think he will be. He may be there at 17. So that's a player that uh, I would look at. We talked in our first podcast about uh, uh, Colby Barlow. Uh, from uh, the OHL, uh, big-time score, a great shot. You know, Red Wings have struggled to put the uh, old biscuit in the basket, that type of thing. Uh, Barlow has uh, great instincts for scoring goals, and he's a tough player. Uh, he's somebody that, uh, you know, is going to develop into uh, a man in the NHL, meaning he'll be able to knock some heads and everything. Uh, he, he, you know, he could be like a – you know, Tyler Bertuzzi with a little more scoring touch if he's at his uh, top of his game. An Alex Tuck, uh, you know, one of those type of players uh, that he may be uh, that have had uh, real good careers. Uh, another player that I would look at uh, is uh, uh, Danielson uh, from the Western Hockey League. Uh, he is a player that is a center. Uh, he's done pretty well. Uh, and he's there's a wide uh, variety of thought on him. He played on a bad team. You know, was the competition that he was playing with hurt his uh, development, or did he get better development because he got a lot of ice time and uh, was a player? And uh, just reading some of the reports on him uh, that I've seen from, you know, these various services, that there's some question about his compete level. But he's a player that could go there. Um, also, uh, I really like, uh, Quentin, uh, Muskry, uh, is a player who, uh, had a real good year, uh, in junior hockey, uh, as a kid from Buffalo, uh, New York. And, uh, he's somebody that could come up relatively quickly if he's there at 17 and they like him. Uh, I could see that as a potential again, another center. Uh, it's a draft with a lot of centers, and a lot of these centers, uh, you got to understand, uh, if you're looking at somebody who's a little bit bigger sometimes with centers, and most of these guys are smaller, they're going to end up playing wing in the NHL, so that versatility uh, will be a factor. And a player that I like a lot, uh, he played at Michigan this year, and uh, to me is very interesting to watch him play, it was uh, uh, Gavin Bindi, uh, who's a 5'8", uh, a center for Michigan. Now, and he sometimes he played on the top line with Fantelli, 
And he's only 5'8", Evan, and he's small. But every time I watch Michigan play this year, he stood out. So I like him a lot. He's somebody that could go 17. He's somebody that if he falls down because of his size, could fit the Red Wings in the second round. And they may have a player that comes into the league and does well. A lot of times, a short players, for whatever reason, do not get their due on draft day. And it really doesn't matter much once they actually get out there because they're able to fend for themselves or they're tough. Uh, the classic example is the Brinkett. You know, I kind of laugh and people say, oh, that's a little forward or whatever. <laughs> that dude's a little ball of hate in front of the net. You know, you don't want to. It's the same with Konechny, who they're probably going to take a run at here uh, from uh, Philadelphia. Those guys are small, but they're tough. And you got some big guys who don't do anything and use that size. Uh, these little guys know how to use their leverage that way. Think about who's the nastiest player in the NHL. It's Brad Marchand. Is he big? No. No. Even these I guys, yeah, these guys aren't, you know, going to be Brad Marchand crazy out there. But uh, they are they know how to fend for themselves. So I like him a lot uh, as uh, players to look at for the Red Wings. Now, there's one other name that I've seen, like, linked to the Red Wings at 17, and I don't believe you mentioned him. His name is Matthew Wood from – I, I did mention him. From Connecticut. You- Yep. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. He's on my list here. I didn't. Uh, he's uh, Matthew Wood is a six two six three uh, winger. Okay. Uh, he scored a lot of goals, and the reason that he's mentioned a lot is it's kind of like the old. Uh, hey, there was a player at this college who reminded you of him, and the player the Canadian thing. Huh? Well, it's not a Canadian thing. It's a size thing. Okay. Actually, it's an American thing. Uh, Taze Thompson for Buffalo. All right. He was drafted by uh, the Sabres. Bigger player, high productive player, younger uh, throughout his so-called amateur ranks. Uh, got into professional hockey, struggled a little bit. And then this year went off for, I don't know, I think it was 46 goals. I mean, he would lit up the Red Wings like a pinball machine. Uh, he was he was part of the destruction of Novelkovich as their goalie with that game in Buffalo where they just went crazy on him or bombing shots at him. Uh, so right now they look at this kid. He's from UConn, which has a very good hockey program, kind of gets lost in the shuffle out there, uh, you know, among the Bostons and you and Boston College and Quimpiniac and all those great programs that are on out of East. And uh, so people are looking at him and say, is this another Tage Thompson? And uh, so he definitely would fit in. Uh, he does have a chance to be a big winger. Do I think he's Taze Thompson? No. No, Taze Thompson was uh, much more, I don't know, there's some, Taze Thompson looks more like the role. Right. Than Matthew Wood. Okay. All right. I mean, he did at that time, you know, uh, when he was at UConn. And he was playing for, you know, World Junior Hockey. But. I do, uh, I do uh, think Matthew Wood is definitely uh, somebody that could go to the wings at 17. He could go to the wings at nine in a real reach. And uh, certainly if he were to fall, again, you got to remember, some of these guys are going to take a plummet. And uh, he could definitely be somebody that they would take. But I'm expecting moves. I'm expecting moves on draft night. I'm, I'm not expecting it to be quiet. And, again, it's a – it's an odd market. Uh, that ninth pick is something to dangle. 
And uh, certainly you got to look at Konechny, uh, maybe Laughlin uh, from uh, Philadelphia. Daniel Briere's, uh let it be known, he's looking to get draft picks. He's where Iserman was a couple years ago. Uh, Konechny uh, fits the wings a lot in, in many ways. It's going to cost them more than the ninth pick in the draft, though. They'll have to give up some of their young defensive depth, probably. And, uh, you know, but he's a right-handed shot and a winger. Uh, even though Raymond's a right-handed shot, he plays left wing. But they're going to have to fill that uh, top. They, they need a second center. Cop is not a second center. So what they need is a second center. And I don't know if they're going to get that through free agency or trades. It just doesn't seem to be there. Anybody gets a center, they tie them up. Rob Thomas, everybody, they get these huge contracts like a Larkin guy. Wingers a little different. They can get Konechny or they can get the Brinkett uh, through a trade. And uh, they have to give up something for them. But that would give them quite a, a top line, Evan, uh, when you look at uh, the situation with Raymond, who, who play, even though he's a right shot, plays left wing. And uh, you have uh, somebody like the Brinkett or Konechny that you could bring in. And Laughlin could be their second center, although I, I, I thought his performance last year wasn't very good. But that's somebody to look at for potential trades for them. And I'm writing a column about the offseason here uh, as well. You can check that out at odyssey.com, you know, 97 won the ticket, Twitter page, my uh, Twitter page, and, of course, Evans at the King of the KFC, and, of course, uh, on uh, the Facebook page. Evans going to feature it very prominently, I promise you. So, uh, you know, uh, that's uh, what's going to be going on with it. Cool. I'm I'm looking forward to it, and I'm glad that we do this podcast because now when Wednesday night rolls around, I'm not going to be like, I've never heard of that guy, never heard of that guy, never heard of that guy. And with this information, it's good because this is something that you don't hear normally on 97.1 The Ticket here in Detroit because it's a little too geeky. But you know what? For hockey fans, this is like Christmas and Easter and birthday all rolled up into one. Well, it is, uh, you know, a huge deal. And it is, this is a big offseason for the Red Wings. And there's a lot of dynamics uh, with the Red Wings. So uh, this is a time of the year when the roster is formed. And uh, so you've got a big time of the year right now uh, with this. And, uh, you know, look, Eiserman knows what he's doing. That I'll say. Uh, a lot of people are like, oh, what are they doing? You know, they get impatient uh, because every team in town kind of stinks, right? Except the Lions. Lions win nine games and they're going to win the Super Bowl. That's right, how Lions don't make the playoffs and next yeah. thing you know, they're winning the Super Bowl. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it's just an odd dynamic in the town. But the Red Wings, uh, they're making a lot of progress. We've talked in the previous podcast about their uh, minor league system, which we'll get into uh, again at some point this summer before uh, training camp starts. And don't forget to subscribe to us. Uh, the Apple iTunes store, uh, the Google Play store. It's called Bustin' Balls. And don't forget to uh, download us at odyssey.com. And you can get this podcast, uh, well, they're inserted in my, the columns that I write uh, on the various subjects that I'm writing about. And uh, check out my column as well, uh, I write regularly. And also, uh, don't forget to check it out on the Facebook page. A lot of people get it through that way. 97 won the ticket Facebook page. And of course, uh, our Twitter accounts, Pat Caputo98 and uh, King of the KFC. So looking forward to Wednesday night. For me, it's a big deal. 
you know, and I think for a lot of hockey fans, it is a big deal. And the next couple weeks is a big deal, very big deal. So when you have those winter nights and you're wondering what the hell's going on with the Red Wings, a lot of it's determined uh, during the hot, humid summer uh, that we have right now. So till next time, we'll talk to you. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.